Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Un podcast para ti y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your hosts, Luis Octavio and Brenda Gonzalez. And we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! We have an amazing interview to share with you today. We have Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella hosted by Mala Muñoz and Dios FM, two self-identified locas, also known as Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit. These mujeres join us to talk about their work and also rape culture, what it means and how we can help end it. You got to make sure you check out their amazing podcast. We have just a couple more episodes with Luis. Starting in the fall, you can keep up with Luis on Nos Vemos en el Swap Meet, a Spanish-language podcast featuring the stories of those who shop, sell, and visit the Swap Meet. We're excited to have a series of guest co-hosts on brand new episodes of Tamarindo. Make sure you get in touch with us to pitch your story ideas, topics, guest ideas, or hey, maybe you could be one of our guest hosts. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast at gmail.com. We hope you enjoyed this amazing interview. All right, Brenda, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. All right. So we have with us in our studio, in the flesh, finally. I know. No longer just Instagram. I know. <laughs> Locatora Radio. Locatora Radio. Yes. <laughs> they are a radiophonic novela hosted by Mala Muñoz mm-hmm. and Diosa Fem. Bienvenidas. Yes, hello, welcome. Hello, hello. Besitos, besitos. Yes, thank you. Damn, it's so that. weird. It's so weird to hear them <laughs> and then see them do this. Yes, like, very cool. I'm it's like, happening. I know, like it's Occurring. happening, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. happening right now. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your names because I am so intrigued. Yeah. First of all, they sound so fucking badass. Yes, thank Mala you. Mala Muñoz, Diosa Fem, like... Yeah. Who can tell us? <laughs> yes. You go first. Okay, well, I liken myself to like I really like like girl groups and like girl bands and I think there's a lot of like cool shit there. <laughs> and so I liken myself as kinda like if you had like a Josie and the Pussycat scenario, but it was like more of a Spice Girls, but they had Latina members, mm. like that's how I see myself. Yeah. But, like kind of like as a comic book superhero. Very cool. In that sort of a way. You know, but who like goes out and like gets revenge against like abusers. Yeah. You know, or like sexual predators. Perfect. That's so that's like where Mala comes from. Mm-hmm. I love nice. it. I love yeah. it. I love that. Um well for me, Diosa, I mean, um, I think it, it it was just my Instagram name actually. Like I went through like my transitions of Instagram names and going back and forth and finally this one stuck and then everyone would call me started calling me Diosa. So it just worked out and then femme is you know what I embody, how I identify. I feel like it enwraps like my queerness, my feminism, my femme identity, being a mujer, being a Latina. So yeah, for me it's like my persona. That's so cool. People just, just started calling me Diosa. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not for some reason. Not, you know, I'm just reason. Diosa Fam. <laughs> well, oh. speaking of Diosa Fam, yeah. like, let's talk a little bit about these shoes because we're going to take oh. pictures. Let's do it. But damn, she's wearing these shoes that are like giving me life. Yes, they're so, so they're like a clear heel. They're gold. They're dazzling. They're beautiful. They're high, which is like a, what, four inch heel maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yes, beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Thank you. And what what is this? What is femme for folks that do not know? Yeah, so femme is a very intentional presentation.
orientation, political identity of my femininity. Um, so it's it's something very intentional, very on purpose, very radical for me. Um, and yeah, it's my act of resistance daily, being super high femme. Very cool. Yeah, it's like a, it's a big part of the our the content podcast. and the podcast and like the spirit of yeah. the podcast. Extra, yeah, super extra. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- tell us about Locatora Radio and the name behind that, and, and what is it to folks that haven't heard it? Absolutely. So we began Locatora Radio. Well, the vision began last summer, mm-hmm. and we released our first capitulo in November of yeah. 2016. So and it's it was, only been a few months. It's only been a few months. We just put out our uh, capítulo 12, which is all about our space, espacios y palacios, right? Our homes, our sanctuaries. And um, it was actually Diosa's idea to start the podcast. So she, like, texted me, and she was all, let's do a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we, like, brainstormed. We tried to, like, come up with, like, an original name. We wanted to, like, create a word. Yeah. You know, we wanted to create a word. We didn't want to use, like, pre-existing phrases. And so we were just kind of, like, going through, like, a Google word search, just looking at words and words and words that sound like other words that rhyme with other words that... And so then we came upon, well, a locutor, right, is a radio host. And what we talk about in our first capitulo, Loca Epistemologies, is, like, in a Latinx context, we can talk about how loca is often used as, like, a, uh, um, a, a way to degrade like survivors in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. When women are like talking about, mm-hmm. yes, that loca, yeah. don't believe her, she's crazy. So yeah. that's also a big piece of our content is survivor centric right. material. And also like queer and trans people of uh-huh. color, you know, they're like the locos, the locas the in your locos, family, yeah. right? So being able to reclaim that narrative and give it more life, desarrollarlo really into mm-hmm. how we see a, a loca or a, a loca ex loco, however right. you want to say it, you know? So let's talk about. Radiophonic novella because that sounds so like that could be the title of a movie of like a thrill like tell me about radiophonic novella yeah you know I think when we first um, were brainstorming we were really playing with the ideas of novellas and our families so it really being a community space in a way where your primas your abuelas your tias everyone gets together sits together and they watch their novella right so it's like family time it's community time but what we see in the novelas is mm-hmm. that they're very white, like white Latinos. Super, super white. Right? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to change that. And we also, I mean, you have a really good um, description of like... Our- oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so it's a radiophonic novella because, you know, like Diosa said... Our listeners have told us, like, have affirmed to us that they, like, look forward to it. They talk to their primas and their relatives about it. And so it's, like, reclaiming that community space but having a specific focus on this is brown girl hour. Yeah. Right? And we we are celebrating and embracing Afro-Latinidad and queerness and Latinidad. And those things that are definitely not seen in that more mainstream media that our families, you know, consume right. mm-hmm. and, and engage with and participate in. So we wanted to make affirming content. And um, wait, what was, what was I it? Think you, <laughs> Sorry. You said, no, no, I no. went off. That's great. Also, I think without our listeners, like they don't really know, but they're following our lives in many ways. Oh, yes. The which is, arc. I think you can see the narrative arc, especially in this last capitulo, capitulo 12, because Mala just went to Mexico City. She was in the EFE. She yeah. went to La Casa Azul, was super inspired. Oh, how cool. Came back fun. and started doing some, like, DIY. A lot. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> but that's the thing, because it's still a novella, even though we don't necessarily have a script, but it's following, like, the way that we, as women of color, interact with the world and how the world responds to us. And yeah. that creates the narrative arc. That creates the narrative and the story, right? And our tagline, we call ourselves Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit. So cool. We have a bunch of names. <laughs> we have a bunch of names. We it's just like have subtitle Latino, after subtitle. Yeah, like Latino kids have a million names, right? That's our... <laughs> right? We have a million that's, names. That's yes. Locatora. We have a names. We didn't even think about that until now. That's so. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's constantly evolving the way, yeah. you, the way you're growing and interacting. Yeah. You're, you're letting us take a glimpse at it. So yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. And in a way that so many other women can identify with and, and haven't found a place to identify. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's great. We think it's phenomenal. And, and Thank that's you. What we here. But let's learn a little bit about each of you. Okay. So let's talk with, let's start with Diosa Femme. Sure. So I say that you're an organizer and, and a model and we've been loving all <laughs> no. of your Instagram. Yeah. Oh my gosh, no. I bring in the glam all the time. That's so <laughs> funny. About, like your background. Yeah, so um, I'm Peruana Mexicana. I live in Southeast LA. Um, I'm a community organizer. I don't actually consider myself a model, but I have been asked to take photos for like Mi Vida Boutique in Highland Park, Love which them. is where, yeah, and I know you've been there, Luis, yep. and that's where we actually started recording Locatora. Mm-hmm. We love Noelle. They're, she's amazing. The whole shop is amazing. So I model with them from time to time. And what else do I do? I just, I love to dance. I love yeah. to brunch. I oh love to God, be outdoors. Like, right? Not outdoors, like, like being active outdoors, but like sitting outdoors, having, having a drink outdoors. Being you know, seen like being outdoors. seen. Being active. That's yes. being active in my book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I know that you just did um, a presentation or, or, or a talk with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fabian? No. I, Sebastian. Sebastian, yes. Sebastian, Sebastian from Café con Chisme. Yes. Ah, yes. Yes, I did. I did a talk at his one of his classes. I think it's Body, Power, and Culture, something mm-hmm. in Chicano Studies at UC Santa Barbara. So he asked me, because they're talking about body and politics, so he asked me to do a presentation actually on women and femmes of color and what it means, to, why is femme political why is it why is um like hood feminism important Mm -hmm. so i talked about those things and i also had the students i created like a one month self-care plan so things that they could do mentally spiritually physically emotionally and having them do something new each week and it can be really simple i always use the example of like putting your laundry away because we can do our laundry, right? And that feels really good. But then we leave it all out yes. on our on our bed, yeah. on our table. My current living room situation. Right? right? So something yes. like a really small task can be like your very proactive self-care. It doesn't have to be very glamorous, like getting your nails done, which is fabulous. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. But it could also be something really simple that in the long run will make you feel good. Mm, I like that. I That's like awesome. Because I would have never thought of like putting away my laundry as a self-care. <laughs> self-care would be, to me would have been like Fernando putting it away. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I love that. That too. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, so let's let's learn a little bit a little bit more about you, Mala. Tell yes. us about um, what you do, um, helping and counseling folks that are victims of, of violence and sexual uh-huh. violence. Yeah. So I'm Mala, and <laughs> um, I work at a rape crisis center. It's a dual rape crisis center and domestic violence agency, and we work 
throughout LA City, LA County. So we're in downtown LA and in the Pasadena area. Um, and so I work with survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, child sexual abuse, and human sex trafficking, stalking. There's oh my a lot of t- wow. <laughs> possible e- traumas. traumas. We work long. with trauma survivors, yeah. you know. Um, and then when I'm not working, I write. I've written um, a few articles for Vibe magazine. They have an online like Latinx platform called Vibe Viva. Mm-hmm. So I did, like last year, I put out a couple articles. One was actually about Jessica Salgado. Who's oh, yeah. Our good we friend. like her. We like yes. her on the yes. Instagram. Yes, she's fab, fab, fab. So um, when we were first getting to know each other, she like was really kind to like let me come to the poetry lounge, see her perform, and talk to her and interview her. And she loves to talk and she she loves to like engage in conversation. <laughs> so it was like so fun. Um, I wrote about this Mexican Korean artist named Monica Kim Garza, and she what she does is she paints very colorful, like soft, like nudes and semi nudes of like fat and big bodied and very curvy women of color like on the beach mm-hmm. like eating tacos having a beer on on your phone in your bed like the way that we exist right. you know yeah. and it's super cute um i did an article about sand one who um she's the muralist the artist that paints the dolls with the big big eyes oh. and the big eyelashes mm-hmm. oh, cool. oh yes all over la you yeah. see all over la mm-hmm. yes yeah and then i'm a contributor a blogger for the huffington post blog very cool yeah. well th- yeah, wow. th- this is amazing this is why it's so great you guys are putting you gals are putting your voices out there <laughs> because it's, it's you contribute so much to the world um and i know that when we talked about ha- having you on here we wanted to definitely talk about who you are and the, mm-hmm. this amazing project we love podcasts, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, um, I, you all were very bright in saying, well, what other topic do you want to talk about? Like, like we need to talk about some. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in, in the topic that I think we haven't had a chance to address and that I think you, you both have um, can contribute a lot to this, this thinking, I've seen some of your written work, Mala, um, is this idea of, of rape culture. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? Um, and how can we both use our collective platforms and reach to um, help combat what rape culture is. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what is it for folks that may not know the concept? Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to, I can start. I can start. start. Yeah. Yeah. We can build. Um, (laughs) So rape culture is exactly what it sounds like. It is its own culture, its own set of rules, social rules, Mm -hmm. ideas, values, judgments. Um, It is a hierarchy of, important people and unimportant people, right? Like people who are considered like whole and like human and autonomous with rights and liberties and like boundaries. And then there are people who that autonomy is not allowed, Mm -hmm. right? And so for the most part, we see that stripping away of autonomy most often is applied to women, children, uh, queer folk, um, people with disabilities, anybody who is considered marginal or vulnerable is going to be way more likely to be sexually assaulted. And there's there's a reason for that, because sexual assault is not about sex. It's about power and control. Mm-hmm. So a rape culture is going to disallow power and control from the victim, right, in order for an attacker to take power and control over another human. And we should never... Um, 
we should never have our power and control stripped like of our own bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that is what rape culture is. And it's institutional, Mm -hmm. right? We see it in our laws and legislations. We see it when women are not allowed to have control over our bodies or Mm -hmm. reproductive health, like disallowed, right? That is a rape culture at work. If you take my autonomy and agency from me and my control over my body away from me, that is assaultive, right? Um, but people also uplift rape culture in our interpersonal interactions yes. when we, for example, victim blame, mm-hmm. right? That, well, my body was not in my control when I was assaulted, but I'm also somehow held responsible for the actions of the perpetrator, right? right? So yeah. you're not allowed to to say what happens to you, but you're responsible for what happens to you. You're your personhood is taken from you. And that, in its essence, is what rape culture is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, Mala, what you're saying about um, the survivor has to really take control of what they do. It's, And I think that victim blaming, like like you said, in the very interpersonal level, is how we can see it, for example, when people asked what they were wearing when they were raped uh-huh. or assaulted, right? right? right. Um, were they drinking? Did they know the person? You know, that whole, that whole type of, well, she was asking for it, they were asking for it, yeah. he was asking for it, you know? So I think that is, like, in the interpersonal level where we, we see it the most. Or right. at least we can identify, ex- like, exactly that's what's happening right there. Um, yeah, and it, it has a lot to do with being objectified, meaning um, being turned into an object, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And I hate when people say, like, oh, such and such woman is objectifying herself. Mm-hmm. You cannot thingify yourself. You cannot objectify w- one's own self. You can make choices about what you do with your body, mm-hmm. how your body works for you, if you make money with your body, if you make art with your body, if you want to have other physical interactions with other people consensually with your body. Mm-hmm. You cannot objectify yourself. But right. Other people with more power control can take your your autonomy and your agency away and can make you into an object, an object of their gaze, an object Mm -hmm. of their anger, their hatred, an object of their lust, whatever it is, right? You become subjected to their impositions onto your body, right? right? In a way, I mean... Yes, I think what you just mentioned, the way that I experience it pretty much every single day is through street harassment. Oh, yeah. I I do zero, and somehow I Mm -hmm. still experience this uh, this experience of feeling like an object and someone taking away my autonomy to just walk down the street. Right. Right. With a sense of safety Mm -hmm. or comfort. Right, right. right. But um, And I'm happy we're talking about it because... um, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a mind shift and and um, just to really think about stop stop asking the questions about well what was she wearing was she drinking was she alone what was her, where was her mom these all these yeah. things that it's asking those questions that's that's the like you said like the rape culture at play yeah and I think the more we can talk about it and identify it I think the the closer we can get to checking ourselves yeah. like mm-hmm. no. Why was he raping her? Why was right. he and shifting the Why did he do that? Right. Or she, you know, right. in, in, in certain situations. Why but. did the harm doer do harm? Mm-hmm. And this is the thing is like it's very interesting because women and feminine people, women and femmes, and even children do a lot of emotional labor. Yes. You know, kids are are like often like they receive a lot of the very negative energy that their parents are carrying around. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people abuse their kids, right? Because they're taking out their anger on someone with less agency and power than mm-hmm. them. It's very easy to abuse children or to abuse elders, right? Kids do a lot of emotional labor for their parents, yes. for their caregivers, oddly enough, 
right? Women do a lot of emotional labor for men, even men that we're not involved with. Yes. So what ends up happening is men are very comfortable shifting weight, shifting blame, shifting responsibility. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline and shifting work onto women anyways. So it's easy for us as a society to say, yeah, we can find a way to blame her for something that an adult man actively and intentionally chose to do with his free will and his intelligence, you know? So terrible. And it's very common in our Latino communities, and we don't talk about it, but we have a lot of very deeply embedded rape culture in our communities. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the things that I was going to ask. Like, I... As I'm hearing you guys speak about this, I'm thinking of my Latino community and how easier it is to to do this, right? So what could we do? Like somebody who's out there listening to us who has a small child, what can they do mm. to change this yeah. child's perspective perception, yeah. or perception, right? What can we do? I think teaching your children um, that they have agency and autonomy, I think, starts there. I mean, I know there's. I've seen a lot of like articles written about it, or even just images on the internet about like if your child doesn't want to hug or kiss a relative, don't make them. Don't force them. Don't force them because there, like Mala said, there is an energy that child, that children will receive, right? So children already know that there's somebody in their family that maybe they're not comfortable with. It makes they're not supposed to look at me that way, or they're not supposed to touch me that way. But they don't have the agency or the voice. They're not given that agency to say anything. Right, so they're forced to saludar, to dar a kiss on the cheek because porque es un niño malcriado, right? right? They're a bad kid if they're if they don't, mm-hmm. right? So teaching kids that they have that agency and autonomy to say no and giving them giving them an option. Maybe they don't give a kiss or a hug. Maybe they wave. Maybe they shake hands. You know, it doesn't. It can be whatever they decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, I think it's really important that, like, in our communities, we have to talk about sex. We have to. Children need to know the names, the the proper anatomical names of of what's going on with their bodies. You know, they need to know their body parts and, like, be able to describe them and what they're used for and what they're not used for and Mm -hmm. who can touch you where and who can't touch you. You know, like, kids need to be empowered with those tools. Those are tools. Language is a tool, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to confront our colonial history. And much like Native Americans in the U.S. were put into Indian boarding schools and very horribly sexually abused for several generations, we know that our countries were colonized by who? By the Catholic Church. We know that a lot of our family members or our ancestors went to Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. We know there is a history of sexual abuse in in the colonial project, period, and in Catholic churches, in any churches, mm-hmm. to be honest, um, unfortunately. And we do have a lot of child sex abuse in our communities. Yeah. We really do, and we do not speak on it. And a lot of it is also intergenerational. Oh, yeah. So it's like one abuser that has harmed all these generation of children, right? And no, and everybody knows, or maybe it's like an unspoken thing, but or maybe nobody allowed. knows. He's still right? allowed in the fa- still around the family, around. right? The yeah. little girls are told, like you know, 
you know, don't, you're lying, you're making mm -hmm. it up, be quiet. Like, yeah. we can be very harsh when it comes to, like, victims of mm -hmm. abuse in our family. And protecting the men or the abuser in yeah. the family. Yeah, so you must see this a lot. In oh, my life. God. You do. The vast majority of my clients, and I, like I said, we serve the all of L.A. City, we serve L.A. County, we serve the entire West San Gabriel Valley. The vast, vast, vast majority of my clients are Latinos and Latinas, you know, it just is. Not that other ethnic groups don't experience these issues. They all do. I can only speak for my particular community and the trends that I see and what I know to be true. Um, and, you know, advocates from other ethnic and racial groups, they are doing that work of talking about sexual abuse against in their own communities, right? Mm -hmm. But, oh, my God, it's it's it's, it's horrible. Right. And there is a lot of victim blaming, even when our victims are very young. There's a lot of victim blaming when the victims are old. You know, um, this is not to say that there are not supportive and understanding and loving and conscientious Latino families who do support their victims and their survivors and those family members and do everything they can to keep them safe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the clients that I work with are those people who understand that what happened is wrong, that it should never have happened, that there's a reason behind it, and they want counseling, and they want to be in support groups, and they want to do better, you know? But they're still surrounded by the circumstances that I described, mm -hmm. right? That I'm, I'm sure we can all, like, look into our own families and see yeah. how talking about these topics mm -hmm. would be, we'd rather ignore it than to actually confront it or stop it. Well, yeah. I think I've... I've um uh, I've heard about this, and I don't. It might have been on your podcast about you know if the child doesn't want to hug his uncle or yeah. or whoever, like don't make them. And yeah. um, I think we talked we about that with queer check, queer chicken cheese Yes, or with our femme defense, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I think yeah. I it, I must have heard it from you guys because um, ever since I heard that, I was like, I have a nephew who's three years old, and my mom when she was raising us, she would always say. Saluda de beso y abrazo, and that's what you do, or you're absolutely yeah. right. Eres un malcriado, right? Mm -hmm. You have no manners or whatever. Um, I'm thankful that nothing happened to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, now having my nephew, I've, I found myself checking my mom a couple of times. Yeah. Like, you cannot mm -hmm. force my nephew right. to give your friends hugs and kisses mm -hmm. because yeah. you just never know. You just yeah. never and I had know. to break it yeah. down to her like you're teaching him to that that's okay yeah. and if somebody hugs my nephew in a wrong way he's not gonna think oh this is wrong yeah. this is what Normal. it's it's mm -hmm. supposed to be or and yeah. the other thing is this especially does happen to little girls in that we are basically like our intuition and our gut feeling is basically like I don't want to say beaten out of us, but it's stomped, hushed. it's or hushed, or, yeah. mm -hmm. it's very much hushed and quieted, and we have to reclaim that. And when yeah. you're uncomfortable, and teach children that icky feeling, listen to it, tell me about it, mm -hmm. why, when does it happen? You know, like how can we make it better? And we have to listen because children are people are humans you know mm. they're small and they're developing but i feel like adults often think of kids as like other beings right like they mm -hmm. they don't have a brain that they are not, not people thinking. with human rights yeah. civil rights that's so right you know well, what i mean even yeah. just to think oh you'll get over it yeah. you know chiquita, you'll yeah. get over it yeah, yeah 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 so i mean i think it's 
there's, there's the the list of traumas and tragedies are long. Oh yeah, yeah. But what we can be hopeful for is that there's spaces like this, like what you've provided, and then you're you're having these conversations. You, Luis, are having that conversation with your mom, and oh yeah, and and that's what we can be hopeful for is that we're we're learning the language to uh-huh. identify it, yeah. to understand what rape culture is, and to take some action. Um, but before we leave this topic, because it's a very important topic, um, what are some of the the in your in the the field, let's just talk really locally, like here in LA. What are some um, legal or um, other other institutional parameters that that could be changed that that help Who, permit this? That's a long list. You can pick like the one and urgent long list. One issue that we should be more connected to. Oh my of. god! Well, there's so many. There are so many. I mean, we need the city and the state need to allocate a lot more money yeah. into safe, clean, well-staffed um, shelters. Yeah. There are not enough shelters in this city. There are not enough homeless shelters. People get assaulted in homeless shelters, right? There's not enough domestic violence shelters. They're very restrictive as far as who they accept, you know? So there's mm-hmm. always a huge chunk of the population after an assault or after experiencing abuse who has nowhere to go. Um, mm-hmm. It's very hard to find safe spaces for for men, for male survivors. And they there are male survivors, you know? It's very hard to find safe spaces for homeless survivors of sexual assault who are probably, like, Especially if they're uh, exper- if they're living with addiction or mental illness, homeless women are probably the most vulnerable population, and especially like homeless trans women. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to find shelters for sexual assault survivors who are without a home. Yeah, no, that's great. That's yeah. important to not not obviously it's not great that that's the case. I think it's great that we're uh, creating awareness about, about yes. that. So and, more um, money and survivors yeah, money, need cash money, mm-hmm. cash money. They like do. it's really easy to get caught up in like the nonprofit industrial mm-hmm. complex and oh, I'm going to donate to a nonprofit organization or the government yes. is a allocating millions of dollars to a nonprofit, but what ends up happening is like people are getting paid like myself to work with survivors, but at the end of the day the free counseling and the support and the advocacy like is very low on the bar when it comes to a survivor's needs. Mm-hmm. People need money. Mm-hmm. People need money yeah, to get out of this. You know? Yeah, if, absolutely. I recommend mm-hmm. if you want to help or donate or give back in some way, if you know somebody who's going through it, give your money directly to a survivor, directly to that person. I'm not saying don't donate to nonprofits or don't donate to like centers because we need we need the help. We do. But if you want to make a if you are looking for a different way to make an impact, actual yeah. financial support, it means everything. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's a great takeaway for yeah. people mm-hmm. to take some action. And I'm sure they're, they're going to be moved to do it. And very lightly, I would also raise that it's concerning. Obviously, we're in the Trump Trump's America. Oh and um, another <laughs> layer, another layer to this is this um, people are in fear of coming forward uh, because of their immigration status. Right. So um, we've added another layer to to this this very complex issue. And so just another reminder to everybody out there um, how important it is to to be involved in your community to oh, donate yeah. directly and to and to change congress in 2018 there's just so many things at yeah. stake but um thank you for for allowing us to learn a little bit more about this topic yeah. um thanks for having it, us yes, yes and and i mean very important topic and i think one of the one of the um ways that we're able to hook people and talk about these important things is because we have an approachable and fun 
approach to the oh, way yeah. that we talk about mm-hmm. these things. So I know it's a it's a difficult transition to make, but we we'll always wrap up our interviews with the same three questions. I know it'll get light and funny. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> serious things, and then the, and then you gotta also stay positive where we. Can. Oh yeah, that is that Absolutely, is the core yeah. of like like actual healing, joy, and work, like mm-hmm. movement work. Like you have to have joy. You must. You have to have fun, and that's why we do the podcast yes. in, at all. Yes, this is our outlet. Yeah, definitely because I mean I work at a nonprofit as well as a community organizer, and that shit is draining. Yeah, and we both needed a project. How you to do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like speaking about Through these the serious the the topics yeah. is 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 yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, we think about I, th- I think we we think about the women and the femmes that have reached out to us and say like yes, like I there's you verbalize what I was feeling. Oh yeah. You know, and that's really important. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, um, why don't we start with you, the OSFM? Okay. Your first, the first question, which is very easy, <laughs> um, which is, what is your favorite go-to snack? Okay, I want to say pepino con limón. Bomb. Delicious. But I also want to say hot Cheetos. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why awesome. not both? I guess if you're feeling You could healthy, do both. Why not Because they do. There's like tostilocos, you know. With yeah. hot Cheetos. Totally. And that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you I could totally that. do both. Right? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> okay. How about you? My favorite snack. I am a bougie bitch. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I really love, give me some really nice cheese, yes. crackers, some mm. jamon. Give me some nice olives, some olive oil. A nice charcuterie plate. Yes. Mm. That will get me going. <laughs> yes. That will get me going. Damn. That I'm going to change expensive. my answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm a bougie bitch. I'm yeah. a bougie bitch. <laughs> It's true. Um, our next question. Uh, if you had a telenovela, mm-hmm. what would the name of your telenovela be? And or if you were the main character on the yeah. telenovela, what would that um, name? So, well, my novela name would be Diosa, of course. Yeah, of course. And the name of my novela would have to be La Diosa Mas Fina. <gasps> Oh my gosh! And yes. she eats. Obviously, she eats fancy cheeses. <laughs> also, so. that gas. Oh my god! <laughs> that gas. I need that on loop. I wasn't even expecting that. <laughs> I know. I know. Lord <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. Oh God! How do I even? <laughs> Jesus. Well, I would obviously have to be Mala also uh-huh. on my novela, and um, I really like like one of my. I have a few old like Instagram handles and like Twitter handles that I used to use, but that I've mm-hmm. switched out and I would change them a lot. Um, and I liked one that was my original, the first one I ever had, mm-hmm. Sazon Completa. That's how I met you, Ooh. by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sazon Completa? Sazon Completa. So I don't know, maybe something incorporating Sazon Completa where I'm like, Kind of like a chef, but also like an assassin. Like, oh my god, I love it! Yeah, so cool. I'm so watching. That's great. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm a binge watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And lastly, if you had a chancla, um, a virtual chancla that you could throw at person, place, thing, concert, who gets your chancla? Trump. 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 Unanimous (laughs) chanclazo. I'm. I wanna. I want the biggest like chancleta in the world so that I can get. All the Latinos who voted for Trump yes. and give them a mega chanclazo, like uh, a group one. Yes. I was talking about this the other day, and like, really, I was thinking about it. Like, if I could smite them, like, how would I do it? Like, you know, the, the people of color who voted for Trump, because really, right. it just grinds my effing gears. Like, I can't, <laughs> I cannot. So, I was thinking in my head, like, okay, like, if I were to be like 
that bitch and I would smite them, what would I do? And I would really wish upon them that their taste buds just shrivel up Ooh, that and is die. Cool. And I wish that on no, their no, whole lineage. No, no, no pepinos for them. No, no, that's no pepinos for them. <laughs> That's yeah. why, but that's that would be an episode of Sazon Completa. Yes. The yes. taste buds. Yes. yes. That's I love power. that. Like, take it away. Mm-hmm. I know. That's awesome. Damn, I've Very never thought chef. about Very that. Cool. Yeah. As a chef. As a chef. And an assassin. And, and, and an oh, assassin. So I'm just starting to think in my head right now, like, the, the things that I would itself. miss. Yeah. Like, no, the things that I would miss. <gasps> oh, my, you know? oh, my like, God. Oh. Like, how do you even go on? Exactly. Okay, so where can people find the amazing work that you all do? Find us on SoundCloud. You yes. can listen to us on SoundCloud. Locatora Radio. You'll find it. Yeah. We're right there. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Just if Locatora Radio. Locatora Radio. Mm-hmm. You'll find us. Follow mm-hmm. us. Listen. Engage with us. Send yes. us love. Post Besitos. selfies. Yes. Oh, should we announce our, our plant selfies? Yes, you should. You have yes. to. <laughs> okay. So, like, we did our on our last episode, we were talking about, like, oh, you know, I did, like, my Dollar Tree DIY project, mm-hmm. my Pinterest Buta project. Like, <laughs> that's what I called it. I love that. Because that's what it is. <laughs> and it was yeah. planned. I'm going to get that sheet, and I'm just going to think, Buta. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes. That is oh awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I need to come up with a T-shirt. With the P, yes. that's actually really smart. Oh my god, that's oh my smart. God. Are you, you heard it here. Are you going to help us with that? I will help you. Yes. I will help you with that. Heard it here. That is awesome. Yeah. About that. You heard it here first. Yes. You heard it here first. So it was all about like bringing plants into my space, and mm-hmm. it became Dollar Tree DIY, Pinterest Buta, everything. And yeah. so I made like these magnetic little hanging gardens for the side of my fridge. Ooh, that's They're so, so cool. cute. So we're asking people to post your plant selfies with your plant babies because yes. a plant selfie a day keeps the cochinos away. Oh my God. <laughs> Do it for your health. Do it, Do it for, for your, your health. health. Do it for oh your health God. and longevity. Yes. I love it. Very cool. Well, we look forward to all of that. Thank you again for coming by Tamarindo the Podcast. Best of luck to everything that you do. Thank I'm you. I'm sure you'll come back. Have to have yes. Again. Yes, yes, please. This was so fun. Was. Thank you. Besitos. <laughs> The podcast is produced by Jeff DeVoe, Brenda Gonzalez, and Luis Octavio. Our intern is Lauren Gaitan. Sound engineering and original music by Jeff DeVoe, a.k.a. Producer Jeff. Don't forget to rate and review Tamarindo on Apple Podcasts and to use the hashtag SupportBrownPodcast to find other Latino-produced casts like Nos Vemos en el Suatmeet and Latino Rebels. Rate and review, please. You can always get a hold of us at tamarindopodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our website, tamarindopodcast.com to catch all of our previous episodes and learn more about us. Don't forget to rate and review as Luis just shared because that's how other people find us. Until the next episode, don't forget, ponte un suéter. Y nos vemos en el suéter.
cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099.